0: Welcome to ASME TechCast, where we bring you the innovators, the innovations and the issues that push the envelope of engineering. My name is John a uh, Senior Editor of Mechanical Engineering Magazine and ASME.org. And today we'll be talking about housing and how 3D printing houses out of concrete may change home building. Zachary Mannheimer is founder and CEO of Alquist 3D, a new and innovative home builder using 3D printing technology to build concrete homes. He hopes to show the technology is mature and can be used to put up affordable housing at lower prices. Welcome, Zach. Thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So you've recently moved Alquist uh, from Iowa to Greeley, Colorado, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct with uh, some help from the city and state, um, you're planning to build some 300 homes along with Habitat for Humanity. So there there have been scattered examples of demonstration projects for for housing and other structures, but this takes the concept to a bit of a different level. Why do you think the time is right for 3D printed housing?
1: Well, the time is right for more types of housing always when we're living in a world where we're 5 million homes short here in America. So however we can help to get more houses built is going to be a good thing. 3D is not the only way to do this, of course. But uh, specifically, why 3D? uh, 3D homes are more sustainable. Uh, They can drop your energy costs. They're going to withstand storms. Uh, We can make them out of localized materials. We can, in many cases, drop the cost. Uh, And to me, the biggest reason why is we can put thousands of people back into the workforce in an exciting brand new industry.
0: And that brings up a good point with uh, um, with the technology. Uh, before we get into that though, how would you describe your system? Um, what robots are being used? What's their capacity? Um, and can you describe the housing of, of what will be printed and what what won't be printed?
1: Sure. Uh, so there are two types of major three D concrete printers today. There's giant gantry printers, of which we've used in the past, and then there's robot arm printers, which is which is the the one that we're going to be using in Colorado. Uh, there's pros and cons to both. Uh, I would say that there is not a perfect robot out there for this type of construction yet, and it's important to note that we've really only been printing in America for about five years. Globally, maybe about ten years. So this is a very brand new industry. We're not just creating a new company with Alquist, but we're helping to start a brand new industry, which to me is what's really exciting. The gantry printers are terrific. The limitations though, are that they're they're large, they're expensive. Most of them sell for over a million dollars and they are challenging to move around. You need at least two to four tractor trailers to move them from site to site. They take uh, a week or more to set up and calibrate and they don't move very quickly. Once they're going, however, they're terrific, they're very efficient, they're very exact. And really, I think there are more dinosaurs at this point, but they're gonna make a return in the next couple of years once we start going more vertical uh, with our 3D printing. That's really when they're gonna come into uh, their own. The robot arms uh, are tend to be less expensive. The average cost of a robot arm is about uh, $300,000. Uh, you can typically, depending on the model, you can put them on a flatbread and pull it with a pickup truck to transport them. They only take a few hours to set up and calibrate, and uh, they move incredibly quickly. The limitations, of course, are that you, the one that we're using, we can print a 1,200-square-foot home without having to relocate the printer. Anything larger than that, we do need to ro- relocate it. That's not a problem. We're doing that right now in Iowa. Uh, but that does add some more time to the mix. So those are the two types of printers that are available on the market today. We're gonna be using the robot arms and we're gonna be creating our own robots, uh, robot arms in Colorado.
0: Creating them, Um, talk about that.
1: Uh, We have a great partnership with a company called RIC Technology out of California. Uh, They use a KUKA arm system uh, as the main printer and then we work with them to build out the delivery system. Uh, it can be on a rail system. It can be on a chassis system. There's other ways to do it. And so we're designing multiple different ways to deliver the printer on the job site for how you lay out the concrete. And we'll be assembling those printers in uh, within a year in Greeley, Colorado, and then we'll be manufacturing our own uh, probably in 2025.
0: Okay. What type of housing? Uh, what type of houses are are you building out there in Colorado? Is it? Um, you, you know, you see on the videos of of all the uh, uh, the demo projects or the prototypes, and there are a lot of them are round, you know, igloo shaped almost. And uh, uh, what are what are they going to look like?
1: Uh, they're going to look like everyday homes. Uh, so we've already printed several of them in Virginia and Iowa. Uh, the ones in Virginia, people are living in. They've been living in them for about two years now. Uh, they look like every other home. You would never know it's 3D printed unless you go right up to it, stick your nose against the, the wall there and actually see the 3D printed groove systems. So these are not experimental. This is not something that we're doing just to see if we can. We're not really trying to force the idea of new design and architecture, although we will be doing that in the future. Our goal is to put people in homes, and we're already doing that.
0: Okay, uh, talk about the concrete for a bit, if you would. Um, wh- what kind of mix are you using? Um, how is it? How is it applied to guarantee the bonding between layers? Um, uh, what is the, you know the speed of the printer uh, matched with the setting time of the concrete? Um, how did you solve that?
1: So there's uh, about I would say nearly 15 to 20 mixes on the market globally that anybody could use uh we've worked with almost 10 of those today uh we've printed actually actual homes with four of them uh there's no perfect material out there just like there's no perfect printer it's an ever evolving process uh the material we're using today uh we love it it's uh by far the strongest the lowest cost uh the most efficient to print with and uh, early reports, there's still more testing to do on this, but early reports are showing that it could be carbon negative uh, due to the amount of materials that are inside the mix that sequester carbon. So this, we, we love this mix. It's coming in an average of about 7,000 PSI. Uh, so when you compare that to traditional concrete, that's over two times stronger than traditional concrete would be would be. Uh, the bonding time is typical, or uh, excuse me, uh, similar to traditional concrete. It cures in 28 days, uh, for a full cure, but, uh, you can start building out the other aspects of the home, uh, the next day after you're done your print. So it's, it's pretty terrific, but similar to the robots itself, it's evolving. Uh, I, my anticipation is that these materials are going to be made locally everywhere within the next five to six years, that's really when uh, 3D printing with concrete is gonna come into its own.
0: I believe there's there's a lack of standards that are out there um, in this. Uh, local building codes don't account for it often. Uh, um, um, and the local building officials uh, can't be that familiar with it. So how do you deal with that? What's the education involved in it? and And how are you proceeding?
1: So it's true that 3D-printed construction is not in most building codes, but I will say that building codes have not been our problem. We anticipated they would be, uh, which I think is your question. Uh, They have not been. Uh, Almost every community's building codes uh, allow for concrete construction. This is the same thing. So once folks understand that we may not be pouring it in the form and we're extruding it with a giant robot, which is weird, uh, it's basically the same, uh, with the exception that our concrete is typically stronger uh, and more attractive than the concrete that they might be using already in the forms. And so once the f- code officials understand the material makeup of the material, once they understand the uh, tensile and PSI strength, once they once they understand that structural engineers have signed off on it and they view the process, uh, they get on board very quickly and – We've been able to pass this several times, and not once have they had to change code. So, I really want to put this myth to bed. There, are, there is not an issue with the code. That is not something that's holding back the industry.
0: What's been the biggest challenge so far in in getting getting to this point?
1: Lack of experience. Uh, there are in America. There's uh, about ten companies doing this work today. Globally, there's about fifty the majority of those companies are not printing houses. They're making machines or they're making material or both. There are a few of us out there that are actually printing homes for people to live in. So we're creating the best practices on how to do this as we go, which is exciting. But frankly, most days, I wish other people were already doing it and we could learn from their mistakes instead of making them on our own. This is the beginning of an industry that we're creating. So everything that happens on a daily basis, in many cases, us and our colleagues are doing this for the first time. And so that allows for mistakes and failures and successes uh, are pretty amazing when they do happen after the slog that you have to go through. So experience is what needs to grow and it is growing. Our anticipation is that there'll be close to 100 3D companies in America in the next 24 months. Uh, We know many folks that are building and getting ready to do this right now. Uh, This is an exciting time to be part of the industry as we grow it. And it's an exciting time to really put forth the workforce development aspect of this, which is really going to help answer that question of how much experience is out there.
0: That's right. Um, it is it is new. You're trying to stand up a, a new industry, basically. Uh,
1: again, not an issue at all. So our homes have been insured. Uh, we have are they've been appraised. They've have mortgages attached to them. Fannie Mae just announced that uh, 3D concrete printing is accepted as part of the traditional mortgage process. Uh, that's part of the work that us and many of our colleagues have, have worked on doing with Fannie and Freddie. So again, these are, these, are not, these are not holdups. These are not hurdles for us. Every time we hit one of these things, such as how do you get a mortgage, we figure it out. And we're able to figure it out pretty, pretty rapidly. The, the things holding this back are, it's expensive to get into, to start a company, to do this. And it takes a while to do the training because there isn't a proper training program out there. That's a major reason why we chose to go to Greeley, Colorado, because of Ames Community College. We've partnered with them. They took our curriculum that we created. They're adapting it to their program. They're going to start teaching a a certificate course with uh, 3D concrete printing in the new year. Those folks that go through that program, we're going to hire them. That's going to save us a ton of time and money for us to get moving. And that's when you're really going to see things shift, when there's dozens, if not a few hundred people out there that are trained in this methodology. That's when a company says, okay, I can go hire these people. They know how to do this already. We can get up and moving instead of doing things like uh, like Alquist and so several of our colleagues have done, which is spend many years and millions of dollars getting to this point. We're creating this as we go. And we get to dictate those rules until they become commonplace. And some of those things are things that Alquist have created. Others are things our colleagues have done. We're constantly in communication with the other folks doing this work. It's kind of like the Silicon Valley in 1972. Everybody sort of knows each other. We're all, for the most part, playing well in the sandbox together. And there really isn't any competition because there's such a major demand and need for this, so we expect there will be competition in a couple of years. But right now is sort of the golden hour of this, where everybody's friends and we're trying to figure it out together.
0: Everybody knows about the uh, the shortages of uh, in, in the workforce in the building trades. Um, so do you anticipate um, um, the fastest way to the fastest way to uh, get a workforce up and running is is through these agreements with community colleges or what else? What else is there? Yes,
1: yes. This is there's thousands of students that don't want to take on student debt that want to go directly into the workforce and take a certificate program in order to do it. You know, yesterday I was in uh, Savannah, Georgia, and I presented at the leadership conference for the Technical College of Colleges of Georgia, and there were dozens of schools there. All of them want to offer this type of training. They know this is the future. Uh, it's the same when we talk to uh, many unions and trades members. When we thought there would be pushback, it's quite the opposite. These folks look at us and they say, "Look, we know things are changing. We want to be a part of it. Please teach us how to do this. We want to. We want to grow with it." And the biggest thing here is that we've been complaining about job shortages and workforce issues for decades in the construction industry, and. For the most part, every time people try to fix that problem, they try to throw money at it. Well, let's just pay people more. And of course, that has that limitation. Otherwise, you can't be profitable as a developer. So there's only so far you can go. Frankly, it doesn't matter in many cases how much you pay somebody to do those jobs. Young people especially don't want to go into the construction world because it's a dinosaur. We're still building homes the same way we have for the past 100 years. They don't want to swing a hammer. They do, however, want to play with a giant robot. And so there's a cool factor to what we're trying to do with 3D that we can use to lure folks back into the trades, not just into the 3D world, but for folks doing carpentry and plumbing and electricians, et cetera. We need all those folks to build out these homes after we print the walls. This is a new renaissance for the workforce development world of construction. And I expect more community colleges, trade schools, and technical schools are going to adopt it.
0: So let's talk about costs. One of the uh, talking points for this is that eventually we'll lower things, lower the lower the yes. price of lower the price of housing uh, compared to what? Well,
1: compared compared to traditional methods. Compared,
0: yeah, compared to a traditional stick-built house, I would, would, yes. what, what savings can you uh, foresee?
1: Our goal is to hit a 30% savings. Uh, okay. But, but we're we're not there yet today. We anticipate we'll be there in the next two to three years.
0: And does that come from an economy of scale?
1: It can. Uh, certainly, we can achieve a savings right now with a certain scale of homes, depending on the design and the size and the location, yes. The, 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 the thing's limiting this at the moment are the biggest one is lack of experience it takes you know you should the printers are capable of printing a 1500 square foot exterior walls of a home in about 20 hours it can do that without a problem if we were doing that consistently we would see significant savings today the problem is is that there are few experienced people that know how to do this the printers are great but the pump systems are terrible we have to, the, the where the printers might be on 3.0, 4.0, the pump systems are at negative 12. We haven't created the pumps to go along with these printers as we've been moving. So that has to get fixed. The material is not consistent, and that just comes along with uh, time. We need there to be more 3D homes in different climates, et cetera, and learning from that to make sure that's correct. The material cost has to come down. The robots are, need to be able to move faster. So all, we know how to do it. We know what needs to happen. But it's going to take more time. And I first got into 3D printing back in 2016. And I bought into the idea that I'm sure many of your readers and listeners have seen of, hey, you can print a house in a day and it costs $10,000. I thought that was true. It is not at all. But there's aspects to that that we can learn from. And there's a lot of misinformation out there about the 3D concrete industry in general. And Alquist and many of our colleagues work tirelessly to help correct what's out there and actually be accurate with information. But the reality is today, we can do a home at basically the same cost as it would be to stick build. And that, frankly, is pretty incredible after only being able to print for three years. So if we're there now, imagine when we're where we're going to be two years from now, five years from now, ten years from now. And certainly when we scale it, we're going to see those costs drop dramatically. I also think there's going to be a marriage between the 3D concrete printing world and the world of modular housing. When those two worlds come together more, which they're beginning to, we're also going to see the costs come down. So there's a lot more work to do, but we're headed in the right direction.
0: So where do you see the the industry in another five years?
1: I see in five years time, a 3D concrete printer on every job site in America. And that's gonna happen when these printers are available to rent or lease, when they're very user friendly, when the material is 100% and we know how to use it. When all those questions are answered, I think that this you're going to see this industry rise very quickly overnight.
0: Okay, well, I think that um, we're going to have to uh, leave the conversation here for now, Zach. Um, thanks very much for um, spending a few minutes to uh, talk with us today. And we'll be hearing more, we'll be hearing more on this subject, certainly.
1: Sure. And- well, great questions. And it's it's wonderful to talk with you. and. I'd invite any of your listeners or readers to reach out if they want to get involved. We're, we're always looking for more folks with ideas.
0: Okay, and for those listening, uh, if you'd like to hear uh, more ASME TechCats on a wide range of engineering topics and issues, you can find them on your favorite podcast app. Uh, again, my name is John Kosowicz. Thank you very much for listening.